2013, Smack Republic opened its doors as part of the Arts on Main Market, which is inside Joburg's urban neighborhood, the Mabodeng Precinct. Today's guest, Khan Reed, is the new owner of the popular brewery. Please welcome Khan to the show. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Beer World. Welcome to the show, Khan. So when did you buy Smack Republic? Yeah, so we we started in uh, 2019. Okay. Um, basically started the purchase of uh, Smack Republic, and then, uh, yeah, like two months before the the, the COVID pandemic hit, we had finalized all that deals and finally fully purchased Smack Republic. You're very good at timing things then, aren't you? Yeah, I was like spot on, like two, <laughs> two months before COVID kicked in full time, which was like, yay, we've got a brewery and all the bands started. Pull up. <laughs> Sorry about that, but it, it it just seems like this, the, you're not the only one. Um, I spoke to Apiwa the other day and her brewery, her licenses and everything were also just granted before COVID and it, it was... Uh, it was a terrible timing for her and and for you, I guess. Um, we, I think, the craft beer community loved Smack Republic, and I think it was Andrew Martin who was always went to these festivals, and uh, I think it was was very popular in in the in the early days of of the of those festivals. What what are you working on? So, I mean, to be hundred percent honest with you, you know. I don't come from 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 the brewing background. I don't really have a lot of experience in 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 this sort of market and sector. So, I think what we've been doing, you know, with with COVID and the and the bands in between, is we've we've really just been learning a little bit about the industry. Okay. So, you know, for us it was about getting it back up and running. We didn't want to leave it for for too long a period. It was a it was a very good brand. It had a lot of hype. Uh, you know, a lot of um, set fans. When we when we reopened, you know, we had a lot of those guys coming back to us. Uh, you know, even Andrew said his phone golf hook. You know, like, oh, you guys back up again. So, you know, we wanted to get it up and running. And for us, it's 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 kind of just been learning about about the industry. And 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 you know, I think once we got a good handle on that, you know, then we'll start getting back into into sort of really playing with the with the microbrew. So let's take a step back. So Grant York and and David Martin, together with Andrew, owned the brewery, and it was based in um, Maboning. Yeah, that's correct. So it was it was the you know I think it was classified as Joburg's first sort of inner city microbrewery, and it was at Arts on Main in Maboning. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and and your background is also in mining, just like I think Grant and David were also engineers. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So, um, yeah, so I, I actually knew them from from that industry. Okay. What is your main occupation or your main business? So, my main business is we do materials handling um, for the mining industry. Okay. So, basically, bulk materials handling, uh, conveyors, stackers, reclaimers. Um, that's our our core uh, business uh, or my core business. We've been doing that for. I think that's been going since about 20, 2008, eh? 2008, so a couple of years already. Okay, and and you walked a little bit of a path with with um, with the guys when they had it. Yeah, so um, I uh, got to know Grant um, quite well. We we worked together when he was um, uh, still in the country. Um, so, you know, one day we were having a chat, and I found out that you know he owns Smack Republic. I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I'd known the 
I'd known the brand. I'd um, tasted it before back then that you could get it at one or two select bottle stores. And there was a local liquors just down the road for me that stopped it, which was pretty cool. So uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, after that chat, I actually went to go see him that weekend. I uh, visited him at the brewery. We spent a bit of time. We chatted. And, um, yeah, I actually, I said to him afterwards, I said to him, I want in. I want to I wanna buy some shares. You know, at the time, he said to me, no, it's, you know, they, they want to give it a run and see how far it goes. And, you know, and that's it. We, we stayed. We stayed. We actually became friends. Um, so, yeah, we stayed in contact until such a time that he, that he immigrated. And, um, yeah, that was it. And what made you decide to buy this brewery? Did uh, was it on the market, or how did this whole thing transpire? So, I asked Grant a couple of times, you know, if, if he would be keen on selling up. What I what I really liked about Smack is I, I don't know. I just I was just attracted to the brand. It just yeah. stood out for me. Uh, you know, I, I was always a big fan of the of the sort of the city centres and and their whole their whole concept and the brewery just. Uh, you know, I liked it. I just loved it. You know, the fact that the beer was pretty good too was 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 a bit of a bonus. And yeah, you know, they, they at the time they 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 weren't um, you know too keen on on sort of bringing in additional partners or, or funders or anything like that. And then um, you know, one day out of the out of the blue, Grant phoned me and he said, "Look, whether you are you you know were you serious back then when you asked?" And I said, "Yeah, I was." So he said, "Well, yeah, come and have a chat with me." And then. Uh, yeah, I went to go and see him. We went and uh, wasn't at the brewery at the time, but he was in the city centre. I think he was by Anglo. One lunch, I went and sat with him. We had a chat, and he said, "You know, are you keen to keen to buy it?" And I said, "I am still keen." And and he gave me the backstory, explained to me where they were, what the process was going forward, and um, yeah. So I said I was interested, and that's when we kind of started our bit of a due diligence process, and then I eventually ended up buying it. Okay. Are you, I mean, are you a home brewer or, I mean, can you brew? Yeah, so I am a home brewer. Okay. I'm not a master brewer or anything like that. Um, I do actually have a, a qualification by the IBD. Okay. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't sort of like do the day-to-day brewing or anything like that. I'm, that's not really my, um, I wouldn't say my pet uh, uh, passion or anything like that. Uh, I really don't mind it. I do enjoy it, but um, you know, one of one of the one of the things that drew me to to Smack was was the sort of whole creativity side of it. Mm. You know, coming, coming from an engineering background, yeah, you, know, you you know you got to be careful what sort of color you put on documents. You can't put splashes of color, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know clients don't respond to that. You know, it's like a very, very little plain documents, almost like legal contracts. That that, that works well in the engineering space, you know. <laughs> With the, the craft brewing sort of businesses, you can you can experiment, you can play, you know. You can uh, that, that's 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 kind of what I really what I really enjoy. So it, it's it's for me, it's a bit of a, I think, an outlet on 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 some of the creativity that I want to sort of maybe get out and play around. With. Okay, other people would call it marketing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> marketing okay so so you had this period of of lockdown was the brewery still in in maboning or had they moved already no so so the brewery had moved already so okay. um before before i bought smack republic um they kind of went into a 
I think, a bit of a verbal agreement with Growl at the time. Okay. Um, and that's where a lot of the sort of association comes where Smack has changed hands. So mm. that wasn't really the case. I mean, I, I took it over from the previous okay. original founders, if you want to call it that. But there was a, a, a bit of a verbal agreement for, for Growler to, to purchase um, Smack Republic. Um, they they kind of finished up their lease at Arts on Main. And the idea was then to sort of move in with Growler and the two of them would start that sort of journey together. Um, I can't tell you all the details around that. I know that didn't didn't last very long sort of came to an end or something like that. And um, Growler, I think, closed down. And when Growler closed down, sort of by association, kind of Smack Republic went down as well. Okay. And um, I think by then, Grant had immigrated already um, or was about to immigrate. David was out of the country as well. Uh, you know, he's, he's out in, in Zambia these days. And, yeah, and I think Andrew was, was sort of left alone with it, yeah. Mm. Okay, and so getting into the um, the beer industry or the brewing industry, I think from the outside it probably doesn't look as hard as it is. How did you find that? Sure, this is one of those times where you use a swear word in your, <laughs> in your reply. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was it was a it was a very steep learning curve. You know, I, you know, I, I did spend a little bit of time with with Andrew. Uh, you know, we chatted about a couple of things, and I, I, you know, at the time, I didn't think it would be too difficult. You know, I, I'd drawn up some some financial models and some game plans of, you know, how much money we were going to spend and what we were going to do and all that kind of stuff, and it it seemed to make pretty good sense. You know, so you know, coming from the engineering background, we're not too bad with Excel, but um, <laughs> yeah. They, once you get into it, there's, you know, there's so many finer details that you can't be taught, you know, from from basic brewing courses or from, you know, just being on the outside of the industry, you know, um, like like pouring beer, you know, pouring beer at home in your little kegerator is so different to pouring beer for five or six hundred people <laughs> that want beer now. And it's hot and it's foaming and you can't get enough ice and it's like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it took a lot of fun but a hell of a learning curve I'm, I'm not gonna lie so you know <laughs> yeah massive learning curve yeah I kind of feel a little bit of a Schadenfreude thinking that you could just walk in and you you think you can run a brewery and uh, you have to admit that you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely it's 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 been fun. I'm among a lot, but it's definitely probably a very very uh, sort of tough and long learning curve versus what you would have originally imagined. You know. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had you've done a few um, functions. Um, how did you get onto those functions, and what were they? Um, yeah, so we've, we've got a, a couple that we do, um, you know, we just, as we started getting out and we started talking to people, you know, call it networking, uh, we would get the odd lead here and there and guys were like, Hey, you know, we'll come and try this market this weekend or you want to come and try this. So uh, a lot of it sort of came by word of mouth and then, you know, 
when we got to a point where the lockdown started to slow down and, and um, you know, we would get out more often, we actually started looking for some regular events and markets. So we don't have, you know, the old tap and, and we don't actually have set plans yet of how we're going to get that back up and running. So for now, you know, we do a couple of markets, uh, you know, especially those regular ones are pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, we do a couple of impromptu things. We do some corporate gigs from time to time. Um, you know, uh, whatever whatever keeps us out there, you know, gets us back into the pouring of beer and, and, and sort of engaging with customers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are you selling any any into the trade at all? Uh, we've got one or two select places where we are. So there's one or two select bottle stores um, that are that are stocking our product, and we've got one or two restaurants that are stocking uh, our beers. So it's not it's not wow at the moment. Um, it's part of our kind of focus for the second half of this year. Is I think we've got a lot of what we needed to get under control is now you know being sorted out. Um, the beers have gone through extensive redesigns and testing and so on. So we've reached the point where we're now very happy with them. And, uh, you know, our future plans will now be that we will push the push the restaurant sort of market in Joburg a little bit more. Okay. Talk about the brewing a little bit. You, you said you've got a qualification in brewing, um, but uh, and you've, you've worked on the recipes. Um, have you partnered with somebody or how do you do that? Uh, yeah, so we actually spoke to a couple of guys on, on the recipe side of things. Um, at the at the moment, the bulk of our recipe re- redesign has been done by Donnie at uh, Bearded Brew. Okay. So I know you had a chat with him the other day. Yeah. So he's been quite pivotal in a lot of the, the um, you know, the, the recipe development. So we've been doing a lot of testing, uh, a lot of changes. And I think our last beer... Um, that we need to now tweak is going in for its big batch uh, next week. So we're doing our our limited edition white stouts, um, and yeah, we, we've 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 been doing a lot of research, uh, a lot of testing, just to get them sort of nicely tweaked and and um, you know get, getting the beer from from good to great. That that's our aim at the moment. Mm. And uh, so, are you, are you contract brewing your beers then? Yes, they are. Okay. So at the moment, uh, they are being contract manufactured. Okay. And and you haven't got plans, or you do, you don't have um, realistic plans of, of an own brewery or or a tap room yet. Uh, no. Look, we we discuss it from time to time, and you know it is something that we will eventually get um, sorted out. You know, for us. Our, our, you know, once we got into the whole thing and we learned that you know brewing is and, and running a microbrewery is not as easy as what everybody thought. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of took a step back and said, well, you know, what do we need to do? And and you know, realistically, you know, it came down to we want to clean up the recipes a little bit more. Um, you know, they some some of the beers that Smack had were they were they were good beers, you know, but but they were still very much sort of on that homebrew sort of level and, and they needed a little bit of a cleanup, um, mm. you know, to, to sort of bring them to the, to the modern way that, that craft is sitting at the moment. So we've, we've been through that and 
Our next focus will be just getting a little bit more market penetration, just to get some stabilization out there, get it in a couple of key spots. Uh, and once that is, is sort of flowing again, um, then we will tackle the whole the whole taproom thing. I mean, to be honest, we we really loved the vibe in 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 Joburg. Arts on Main was fantastic, um, but that's changed a lot since the early days of when the when Smack was opened up. So, you know, although we would love to sort of go back there, you know, realistically, we've got to understand well, you know, what is it going to look like in the future now, especially you know with COVID sort of slowly trailing behind us and and if that opportunity comes up and we find the right spots and we can uh, we can sort of really get it to go with the brand then that'll be on the cards for for a new taproom yeah but we're not going to rush it too much right now okay i think that's a good strategy i think it's interesting for me then that you really actually just bought the brand and and the which whatever goes with the brand not so much the the brewing business I mean, that's that's what it sounds like. Look, exactly spot on. I mean, uh, Smack had a good brand, and and I mean, I loved the I loved not only the brand, but I loved the story behind the different beers, and and so you know that was a very big driving force for me. Mm. Um, you know, all of that brewing kit we've still got. Okay. Um, everything from the test kettles, the German systems, um, we've got all of that stuff. It's in storage at the moment, and it's. Uh, you know, it's it's a very pretty brewery, put it that way, and it, it definitely needs a you know a new home. But yeah, it, it's not a it's not a race to see how quickly we can just slap a tap room together at this point in time. And, and um, you know, for us, I think we've just got to get the the comfortable that you know, as the owners, we we now comfortable with the industry. We've learned what we need to learn before we now you know throw more money behind a tap room, which is more learning curve. You know. Um, you know, get the first first lot out of the way before we tackle the, the, the second portion. Yeah, it's it's really different businesses. The one is a is a branding and marketing business, and then you get, I guess, a manufacturing business, and then you get a restaurant business. So it's all all little little micro businesses on their own. Exactly that. Yeah, you you spot on. And I mean, if we if we jump into the whole taproom thing too early and too quickly, I mean. You know, we, we, we've barely got a handle on this. We're still learning. Um, you know, now you've got to learn how to run a restaurant. And, you know, <laughs> so yeah, that's just added complication that I think we'll tackle a little bit later down the line. Yeah. One of the lessons that Apiwa learned from her um, setting up her brewery was that she said she had wished that she'd worked on a brand um, before she'd uh, started the brewery. So she's now very hard at work with her uh, beer brand and also with a dream of one day maybe owning a brewery again, but it's not the most important thing. It's the brand that's important. And I guess that, that that is different for different people, but I'm also on that page where I would say get the brand going and then you can start your brewery because there's just so much capacity, I think, brewing capacity in the country that's not being utilized properly. I'm going to say that there's that, look there's challenges on both sides. Mm. You know, um, you know, for us even with contract manufacturing, and it's been a learning curve too. You know, um, you know, it's very easy to take, you know, a hundred rand to a guy and say, yeah, please, you know, put some put some gin in a bottle for me and and, and <laughs> let's go. And, and you know, he comes back and you're like, no, this is this is the this is the wrong color, the wrong shape bottle. 
And then you're like, oh, you know, we, we should have said something about that up front. So yeah, there's, there's so much learning that has to happen in an industry. And I think, you know, Apir is right. The brand is, is very important. But the other thing that a lot of us, I think, get wrong with the marketing is, is we always sort of associate that with, with bigger brands already that are well-established. And some of the guys will be like, yeah, look, look how well, you know, Castle's done or Black Label's done. But you also forget that they haven't been at it for, for two years or five years. Mm. Right. They've been at it for many years. So, you know, you you, you, you always get to a point where, with the brand where when you've spent enough time and efforts and direction on it, a lot of the traction will eventually come by itself. But, yeah. you, know, you know, you need time. You, you either need massive amounts of, of money to get you there quicker or you need time to get you there, and that's one of those things. Yeah, and it, uh, it is that because if you say you bought the brewery more than two years ago, and uh, as an insider, I didn't even know Smack Republic was still around. So yeah, no, you, you're right, and and I mean we've got, we've had plans, you know, for very long about getting a lot of this media attention out there and spending some time, you know. Telling, telling the public, whether it's now sort of on, on podcasts and, and on video blogs ourselves. But you know, t- time is always a critical factor. And, and you look again, you're busy with other stuff in the brewery and you need to do this and you need to do that. So all of these other things and even some of them being marketing, they kind of just take a bit of a backseat because of time. So, Khan, if I look in the beer book, there were four brands that um, Smack Republic had. Yeah, so uh, Smack's actually got... Um, Call it five core beers. Five courses. Um, five core beers. Yeah. So um, what we what we've got is is we've got a golden ale, which is the Bree Street Bell. Um, we've got a honey and rooibos pale ale, which is the Hillbrow honey. The Bramfontein Brawler was the was the IPA. Uh, we've got the Marbling Maverick, uh, and that is a um, Nachi Pepper Saison, mm-hmm. and then the Nemesis, Newtown Nemesis, is the vanilla bourbon uh, malt stout. So they all came from from 2013, back then. Yeah. I think the, the, the Nemesis was brewed around then. The others come from a little bit earlier than that. So those five core beers have been around for a while. And then uh, at the moment, we've got like the Nut Brown Ale, which is a English-style brown ale is out at the moment and then the doppelganger is our inverse of the nemesis which is a white stout okay when i did the beer book um they had the first four beers so i think the the first the first four beers that smack out was the was the ipa the golden ale the the pale ale and then the saison and then a little bit later than that they they came out with the nemesis which was the vanilla bourbon stout so doppelganger is a is a is a white stout. So for us, we're basically trying to mimic the the nemesis. So vanilla bourbon uh, milk stout, but then obviously just you know IPA in color. You want to call it that? Sounds interesting. Um, you said earlier that you find that people always always expect new brands or new beers from the breweries. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, in terms of 
of where we are at Smack Republic at the moment, we, we get a lot of requests from from individuals about sort of what beers are you guys bring next or what new stuff is mm. out and available. So it's just it's just sort of something I've noticed in the industry. And, you know, even even with reading a couple of the articles that are out there, you know, we we're kind of seeing those sort of trends overseas in America. If you're not putting out a new beer on your tap list every week, you know, you're not attracting the crowds anymore. So you know, a lot of the guys were, you know, just sort of complaining. It's getting very tiring to sort of come out with new beers every single week. You know, you got to keep up the trend, otherwise you, you know, you just can't pull the people anymore. Mm. I see a lot of people doing speciality or non-core beers just to to keep keep it interesting. I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, it, I think it's part and parcel of, of of the craft space. You know, but I also think it, you know, to a lot of extent, it also puts a lot of you know, sort of undue pressure on 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 the on the microbreweries, you know, for them to perform all the time. You know, the guys, you know, the guys worrying about you know his his current recipes and and tweaking them and and sort of getting them and and moving the the, the stock, you know, before it expires or before it goes off. But now on top of that, he's got to worry about putting out you know new fresh beers all the time. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, it's. It's just, it's just something I've noticed. Connor, it's been very nice to talk to you, and, and it sounds very exciting, and, and I'm really glad to hear that the Smack brand has got a got a new home. That I mean, I, I really hope that we can help a little bit in just getting the, the word out and that people can look out for you and that event organizers can get in get in touch with you and invite you back to to the original festivals that... Smack was part of in in the early days. Yeah, where's the best way to to reach you? Yeah, we've we've got uh, social media, so most of those social media channels you can reach us uh, reach out to us on that. Um, we've got our website up at smackrepublic.com. So okay. you know we can we can there's there's online sales there, but there's contact us forms. My details are on there. If you want to give me a call or send me a WhatsApp or even email me, all of that info is on the website smackrepublic.com. Okay, perfect. And I look forward to seeing you at one of the big festivals soon. Yeah, that would be fantastic. So, yeah, we also can't wait. Good stuff. Thanks a lot, Holger. Enjoy the chat. Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.